Hey, my name is Joe, and I am very hopeful about my running career. Welcome, y'all, to another episode of The Running Brunch. I am Peter Fowler Cunningham. This is the episode, Ben, where we tell our listeners what our middle names are. Who am I here with today? You are here with Benjamin James Ledbetter. That's a strong name. Oh, thanks, man. As, as anyone, t- I feel like that's a really strong name, Benjamin James Ledbetter. I don't know. It's no. almost as strong as Matthew James Rare. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's hard to beat. Yeah. What yeah. do you, what do you I, think about your middle name? Uh, I think... I mean, I'm a fan. I think when my name is said fully, it sounds a lot better than just Benjamin Ledbetter. Really? Yeah, because it breaks up the two very long names. Okay. Because I like whenever I had a Scantron in school, oh. I always ran out of space, so it'd say Benjamin Ledbet, and because I, 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 I didn't have enough space to put the T T E R on the end. Yeah. Because it's 13 characters of my last name, and typically there were nine spaces, including the space. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of scantrons, uh, I started my college career at the University of Arkansas, and by career I mean student life. Right. And so I followed the the world of Arkansas sports a little bit, and there is a former quarterback for the University of Arkansas. His name is Ryan Mallett. He is yet to be a guest of ours on the podcast. Coming soon, though. Potentially, we'll see. Uh, I love this Ryan Mallett story. Ryan Mallett, known on the field and apparently off of being very confident and not shy of words. And apparently one day it was time for a midterm. He showed up in the auditorium and he did not have a Scantron. He then went to the student union, couldn't find one there, came back. And when he walked in, he he said to everyone, hey, who wants to give a Scantron to Ryan Mallett? And no one said a thing, and no one gave him a Scantron. And it was like, oh my goodness, how embarrassing is that? Hey, who wants to give a Scantron to Ryan Mallett? <laughs> I am sitting here speechless because that is such like a mid two thousands movie trope. Yeah. Of the of the jock kid yeah. thinking he's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then thinking like, yeah, this is this is a good idea. Yeah, I've been throwing <laughs> touchdowns left and right. I'm gonna get a Scantron from at least six people. Oh my gosh! Nope. I have I have what is what almost ten year plus secondhand embarrassment, and I wasn't even there, and I'm not even seeing this in person. Yep. Oh gosh, Ryan Mallet, I actually am revoking my invitation for you to come on the podcast because <laughs> I'm afraid they're going to sit down and say, "Who wants to have a podcast with Ryan Mallet?" Well, apparently we would at that point because we invited him on, but but then I then we'd sit there and not say anything. And <laughs> would you have given him a scantron in that Heck moment? No, I would have said, "Sit down, shut <laughs> up." You probably would have said something. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I, <laughs> man. Oh no, amazing, Ben. I feel like. Our episode today is way too good for us to to spend too much time beforehand talking and wasting yeah. time. Uh, y'all, you're in for a treat for our conversation with Joe Butler today. She is a former runner for Washita Baptist University. She is currently running for, I guess, running underneath Ryan Hall with the Run Free yeah, co- training coach, group. Coached by Ryan Hall through Run Free. 
Yep, and is also an employee of Run Run Free as yeah. their lead nutritionist, mm-hmm. um, and is also a uh, women's fertility and athletic women's fertility and sports specialist. Mm-hmm. So she essentially helps women um, who want to help get their menstrual cycles or the fertility um, in balance, so they don't have to sacrifice their athletic career or athletic training or whatever it is, whether they're an elite athlete or just someone who enjoys running. Um, they don't want to have to sacrifice that in order to have a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're excited to hear more about that um, as coaches. Um, it, it, I, I feel like we're going to have a lot that can feed directly into um, helping our program develop and just like understanding more about the, the uh, female runners. Because especially um, lately, there's been a lot that has come out of uh, collegiate athletes post-collegiately saying that they struggled with um, period issues or like not having a menstrual cycle, or whatever, while they were training in college. And so as a coach, I'm fearful of that happening because I don't want that to happen to my athletes, either incidentally or on purpose. Um, and so any kind of information uh, that we can gain as a guy who we've, well, I assume you've never had a period. I've never had one. I've yet to. Okay. I've been trying hard for years. <laughs> oh, man. No? No. Okay. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and so we, uh, I, I'm excited to learn more about that because it's not a realm that I would think to normally just go out and Google on myself. And I feel like I wouldn't find good information yeah. from Google. And I feel like you'll learn from this episode that especially as men, but even as women coaches, um, we need to lean into this side of things and educate ourselves. Because uh, as Joe alludes to, there are more men coaches than women coaches, and they're at most schools, uh, whether collegiately or high school, usually there's an equal number of men and women runners. And so uh, we need to educate ourselves and prepare ourselves to care for our athletes well. And this is a big thing for female athletes. And so, and, and then lastly, just the encouragement for people to lean into the conversation as the athlete themselves um, and find the right people, the right resources to get to be honest and vulnerable with uh, so that you don't have to be alone in it. And, uh, and so hopefully either through Joe Butler or uh, people like her, hopefully people who didn't have a voice or didn't know where to go with things like this, uh, we'll, we'll find someone to help them and encourage them on their way. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, let's hop in the call with Joe. I'm Peter. And I'm Ben. Awesome. Nice to meet you. Great to meet you. Um, if the internet is correct, then you're in Little Rock, Arkansas, right? I am. Nice. Come we're on. here in, we're in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Nice. Nice. That's where my family's at. So I grew up in Rogers. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Nice. So I had the connection from Megan Hodge who went to Wachita. Okay. Sweet. So she was like, Hey, you should totally get Joe on your podcast. Um, She's a super great guest. And so, so I reached out. And so, uh, so you also went to Wachita, right? I did. did. Okay. Did you go to Harbor? No. Okay. I went to Rogers high school. Amazing. Cool. Uh, So I can't remember in preparation for tonight, if we said, if we like invited you to, to bring brunch with you, uh, for the episode, you know, that's perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes it's decaf coffee for us. Uh, I love it. At least for tonight. Tell us what kind of tea you're, you're sipping on. This is throat coat, even though I don't have a sore throat. It's my favorite. So it's like my dad too. Yes. Amazing. What is throat? I'm assuming there's some kind of honey in there. No, it's just an herbal remedy that's just okay. good for sore throats, but yeah, nice. I just yeah, like the taste. Nice. So. Amazing. Do you put honey in it? Uh, sometimes. Tonight, no. I was, yeah, okay. you know, convenience. Yeah. Right. And then I, I couldn't help but notice you have a, a Starbucks mug. What's the location for this one? 
Um, well, this is my in-laws. It's Norway. So oh. I think my sister-in-law gave this to them. They went there a couple of years ago. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, cool. Tori messaged me asking for some tea today. And she said, can I have some English breakfast and hot or hot English breakfast, hot tea uh, and milk? And I was saying like, oh, my gosh, she wants me to make her an English breakfast. <laughs> an entire English. So I was so I replied to it and I was like, so egg, sausage, baked beans, toast. And so I was going through all the other like every time we have a podcast, someone brings up English breakfast. And so I was trying to remember all the things she goes, no, Ben, I just want tea. tea. And I realized there wasn't a comma after English breakfast tea. Oh, it yeah, was yeah. it was a type of tea apparently. There you go. So, there I go. didn't make it. I fell asleep. Amazing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, we uh, we're we're all I guess all three of us are liquid based brunchers yes. Uh, yes. tonight. Tea. We've got just some some smoothies from a local place called Tropical Smoothie, which nice. I feel like it's maybe Arkansas. It's not. It's maybe regional. I mean, it's not local, but regional. Is it all over the place? Yeah. How all over the place? <laughs> uh, I've got I've got them in Florida. We've got them in Colorado. There's this really great local burger place here in Fayetteville called McDonald's. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, so good. Uh, oh man. I'm guessing that's in your nutrition wheelhouse, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Oh well, let's do this. We 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 do like to since we are the running brunch podcast, we do like to ask our our guests, how do you define brunch? Ooh. Ooh, that's a great question. So mm, for me, brunch is just breakfast food, heartier. Though yeah. I eat really hearty breakfast, so I yeah, I love brunch food. Love so them. yeah, so, yeah. So what is that? What is a hearty breakfast for? What does a normal Joe Butler hearty breakfast include? And then what does a brunch Joe Ooh. Butler hearty breakfast include? Okay, so normal. Either I'm a bagel and eggs kind of girl, love mm. two eggs, cheese, bagels, give me all the stuff. Sometimes mm-hmm. bacon, sometimes avocado depends what I'm feeling or an omelet. I love a good omelet with like spinach, mushrooms and like garlic and cheddar cheese. So good. Um, or my personal fave is French toast. So I'm not afraid to get down with, you know, three slices French toast and a couple of eggs, but always Mm. eggs. You always have to have eggs with it. Um, Um, when you do something like French toast, uh, the syrup, do you go refrigerator temperature, room temperature? Do you put it in the microwave? Mm, Room temp. Room temp. That's what yeah. I found is now normal in my household. You're yes. a room temp? Yes. But I grew up refrigerated. Okay. Yeah. So when I Tori think, and I got yeah. married, it was like, I put the syrup in the fridge and she was like, why did you put that in the fridge? And I was like, <laughs> because you always put the syrup in the fridge. Yeah. Turns out, no, I'm the weird one. So yeah, it's fine. You know, uh, my family one. were microwavers. I don't know. And I, mm. I never thought that was weird. You know, if, if I get married one day, we'll find out if that's a conflict for us. And sure. we'll go. You never there. know. Yeah. It's the weird we'll things. See. It's the small things. You're I like, mm. that's great. Uh, yeah. Is there are there any time constraints for brunch for you? Oh, man, no. Just give no. it to me. Anytime. You and any to any time. Like I do BFD. I love breakfast food. It's the best yeah. food in my mind. Yeah. So like. Just give it to me. If brunch went to like five, I'd love it. But brunch does fine. go to five. It can go to according home. to Ben. It can at home, can at home, but not out. That's the problem. Because I mean, the restaurants wouldn't allow it, probably. Yes, exactly. It's sad. I mean, Cracker Barrel's got breakfast all day, so you can just always order. <laughs> that's, that's true. It's a really good point. It's a really good point. McDonald's has a limited uh, breakfast menu. Let's do this. Oh, how uh, how has brunch, if at all, woven its way into running life for you? Is it, is it like post long run brunching mm. with? your group? How, how does that work? Yeah, that's my favorite, especially 
man, especially in Miami, when we like had a run club, that would always be our Saturday go run and then go out for brunch with a big group on Saturdays. That's my jam. But if it's after a race, like brunch is always what I go for Um, Mm. that or burger and fries. So yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I mean, pretty much the, the, the whole idea of running brunch one, I feel like a lot of distance runners do brunch after a long run on a Saturday or a Sunday. Um, but then mainly Ben and I just have this debate of the definition of brunch. We don't need to get into it. (laughs) You're probably already sensing how we differ. Um, and so, so, uh, hence the question and why we're here right now. So, yeah. Um, where, do you, where do you want to take us? Well, Joe, so you've we've alluded that you are a runner, which is why yes. you're here. So let's start with what got you into running. Actually, let's start with where are you running? Like, what is your running journey looking like now mm. in the in the very short summary? And then how did you get to where you are? Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, now is very different because I have a kid and mm. I'm eight months postpartum. So wow. I got back into running like consistently about two months ago. So that's been fun going for the OTQ and the marathon. There um, we go. Yeah. So should be good as long as I'm healthy. That's the goal. As long as I'm healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've, I worked hard, ran in the 2020 Olympic trials um, and kind of, I got started later. Like I ran at Washita, but we had a really small team, like five girls when we were lucky. <laughs> um, and I was like decent. I was good for the, our team, but like, I was like an 1850 5k runner. So yeah. solid, but not like spectacular. Um, and then I, we moved to Miami and I started getting into distance running when I say distance marathons, yeah. um, qualified for Boston. And then I was like, Oh, this is kind of fun. Let's try to get an OTQ a couple of years later, qualified and got my OTQ, um, which led me to where I am today. So it's been a fun journey, but I started, I was running at a very young age. Like that was my outlet. I was the second fastest kid in school in fifth grade, beat by one yeah, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was his name? Jeremiah Fleeman. Jeremiah yeah. Fleeman. Ben yeah. and I uh, like to have this discussion of, are there names that just sound fast? He's a sprinter in my head. <laughs> Jeremiah Fleeman sounds more like a sprinter to you? Yeah. He's he's a he's a bottom tier sprinter. Like he can't quite break he can't break into like the final eight, but he's always ninth or tenth. Yeah. Well, if they had a nine lane track, he'd be there. Yeah. But if it's an oh eight, oh my lane, gosh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, that's apparently, funny. old Fleeman is is the fastest boy in fifth grade in Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. Take it back, so. Lowell Elementary School. Uh, you know. <laughs> let's let's do this because we we do have a wide range of uh, running experience listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what is OTQ? Uh, for those that do yeah, know. Yeah, Olympic trials qualifier. So Love it. Yeah, Love the marathon it. back in the day when my first one was the 245. Now it's 237, which is significantly faster, you know. Yeah. Amazing. So what's the what's the standard? What was the standard and did they move it up? Yeah, it was 245 in 2020 okay. for the women. Um, that was the B standard. And then now it's 237. And okay. I think. Oh, gotcha. Think, I thought you, those are your PBs. No, no, um, no. Those were, that's okay. the new standard. So, Got it, um, yeah. So it's significantly faster. That's a 559 pace right now. So wild. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, oh, before we that. get away from Washita, uh, so we both coach cross country and track at John Brown University. Nice. My sister and... went there. Oh, that's All awesome. Right. Yeah. Peckham Eagles. Peckham, Peckham and Reckham. <laughs> Peckham and Reckham. Uh, we raced at Washita, I believe, two cross country seasons ago. Okay. And uh mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's the same course that would have been there when you were there, but easily the fastest course of our season, just yeah. behind maybe the, 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 the indoor football 
kind of facility, just yeah, a yeah, field. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, yeah, that field is just, yeah, it's so flat. Yeah. yeah. Did you race on that? I did. I did. Amazing. Amazing. And yeah. so even, even in the it's midst so of the, that crazy fast course, you, you, is that where you had your 18, whatever? I don't think so. Actually, I don't even remember where it was. It was some small school. Uh, yeah. I, it's yeah. all a blur. <laughs> okay. Point. Yeah. For so sure. long ago. But not uh, Jeremiah. Not Jeremiah. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, how, um, how did you go from, you know, your own words, not mm-hmm. that fast, um, to moving to Miami? What, what, uh, cause it's not like if you move to Miami, all of a sudden you're going to start running, Olympic yeah. qualifying times, no, uh, what, what changed so in the passion yeah. or the, yeah. the training program? Totally. Yeah. So I actually pretty severely struggled with an eating disorder, anxiety and depression while I was at Washtom. So that was pretty yeah. thick and heavy. And it wasn't until we moved to Miami, went through some like just crazy stuff, I actually overdosed, which was wild. Um, yeah. but that like, I mean, changed my life forever. So it was really hard, but it was also really good for me. And I got in counseling, really worked on fueling myself, got educated. Um, and you know, I took time off running at that point. It was just like, okay, I have so many other things I need to focus on. Um, and then I came back and was like, I don't really care about times. So I, I ran the marathon cause I was like, okay, I can run an eight minute pace and qualify it for Boston. So I'm like, that's fast, but it's not like, I don't have to run some five something mile. And so it became like therapy for me again. And it was just really fun. And I really like fell back in love with the sport. Um, and I had a much healthier relationship with food at that point. It evolved, took me years to evolve. Um, and then I got educated, you know, I went back and got certifications and started studying nutrition. And I was like, dude, if I want to get fast, I have to fuel well. And so, um, I got really good at fueling myself and it just kept getting better and better. And then I started working with Neely Spence Gracie, who's an elite marathon runner. She's based out of Boulder, went there and hung out with her, got better. And then I ended up actually working with Ryan Hall, who's my current coach, um, who's legit, you know, obviously he's the fastest American distance runner. And, um, that just like changed everything for me. Once I like actually learned how to start training, fueling my body and like caring for myself. Um, and so I started working with him and got down to 1559 5k, which was really wild to me. Cause I'm just like, I never thought I could run that fast. Um, and then qualified for, you know, the Olympic trials and then just started seeing what it's like to actually run really fast and push my body to its limits. So it's been really fun. Uh, Brian's legit. He's a really cool dude down to earth. I love, yeah. love working yeah. with him. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're kind of fans of him for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, yeah, I've been, I've listened to his podcast for a few years and, and, uh, I remember just going through his, his mantras episode on his podcast, just little mantras he gives to himself yes. either mid race or, or just in the training world. So yeah, big fan of him yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 You've kind of mentioned a few times of uh, the nutrition thing. Mm-hmm. Part of your current job is, mm-hmm. um, can you actually, I'm going to let you describe <laughs> what your current job is because I have, I, in my brain, I can say it, yeah. but I don't know how to properly word it without totally botching and making it confusing because yeah. because totally. for our listeners joe is is so, not just a professional marathoner but she uh also works, for works for run free, the run right? free yeah. coaching training yeah right. yeah which is ryan hall's training program yes Love it. yes Love so it. i have a role there and then i run my own little business but my role there is just their head sports nutritionist so i work with everyone one-on-one take in like all the info on like what they're eating, what they need to be eating. You would not believe how many people are under eating and it drives me crazy. Um, 
but my personal role and like what I do, you know, full-time for my business is fertility nutrition for athletes. So I help a lot of women balance their hormones so that they can pursue motherhood without eliminating exercise, which is a huge thing. A lot of people think I have to give up running. And I think even for me, I think you get into this elite level of running and it's like, well, do I choose running or motherhood? Can I have both? Um, and so my hope and, you know, role is to help bridge the gap there and tell women that teach women that, Hey, yeah, if you feel properly and take care of your body, you can pursue both motherhood and running. So it's a really fun career. Um, a lot of work on just like how to properly fuel yourself. Um, but I mean, honestly, it goes hand in hand with any sort of sports performance training. Like if you optimally want to fuel and perform at your best, you have to be fueling properly and fueling enough. And that's a key, key part for so many athletes. Awesome. What, uh, do you mind sharing like what actually happens uh, physiologically for a, an endurance, a distance female, uh, that, that affects the fertility. Yeah. So the biggest thing I work with is called hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is basically a woman is not having a regular menstrual cycle or no menstrual cycle really for three or more months, which means they're not ovulating, which means they literally cannot conceive. Um, but a lot of people think, oh man, that's awesome. You don't have to have a period. That must be great. Um, <laughs> but in many ways that's showing your body's underfueled and not f- properly functioning. So that's caused by either excessive stress, overtraining or malnutrition. Usually it's a combination of the three. And so my role there is to help them figure out, Hey, what is causing this and how can we help you fix that? Cause sometimes it is just simply under eating, but for a lot of people, it's more complicated understanding like what they need to be eating as well as what their training should look like. Because I think a lot of people get it backwards in the sense it's like, oh, my training should amp up and then I can focus on my nutrition when it should really be the other way around. You should start with your nutrition. And then when you have a good grasp there and you can eat enough, you can start amping up your mileage. But if you can't eat enough where you're currently at, there's no way you're going to eat enough and like add more mileage to your training. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because I know that a lot of the stories that have kind of like broken over the last three to four years have been uh, female athletes either kind of having some kind of eating disorder due Mm -hmm. to how their coach was treating them or the training program in general. Um, And a lot of it always like, yeah, and I I didn't have a period for two or three years or even just like general college athletes now. It's like women are just not having those. And it's so interesting that it it really can come down to, I always just figured that it was like a stress thing that their bodies were just going through with so much stress. I never thought that it was connected to nutrition anyway, yeah. like in any, yeah. any form. Um, yeah. so how does, um, like what does properly fueling to, um, keep your, like keep a, a woman's menstrual cycle regular? Like, is it super individualistic or is there some general guidelines? Like what yeah, does that look like? Totally. It can be individualistic. I mean, a lot of it simply comes down. I would say nine times out of 10, most women aren't eating enough. And that's the biggest reason, you know, I've worked with Ryan for a long time and he's, I, totally agree with his philosophy of like your body, the load we carry, we can carry a really, really high load. If you're fueling well, resting well, doing all the things you need to, you know, keep up with that training Overtraining that term is not necessarily the best term, I think, because it's not just excessive exercise. It's the other factors that go into that. Like, again, if you're not sleeping enough, you're not recovering, you're not eating enough, you're not eating the right things then yeah, technically it would be considered overtraining, but that's not necessarily the issue. Like the issue is all these other factors that come into play. So for a lot of women struggling with hypothalamic amenorrhea, um, you know, starting with like, Hey, you need to be getting enough calories in your diet. Um, one of the easiest ways to start doing that is to eat more frequently. Um, not just eat three times a day, but eat 
five, six, seven, or eight times a day. It's an easy way to get an extra fuel, making sure like for endurance athletes in particular, carbs should be your first source of fuel. Half your plate should be carbs. And then, you know, 30%, about 30% protein, I mean, fat, and then about 20, 25% fat, and then fruits and veggies, like that should be included every meal, balancing your blood sugar. Um, and just making sure like, Hey, I'm actually giving my body what it needs by fueling before exercise, fueling afterwards, not neglecting nutrition during long runs or hard workouts. I don't know how many athletes are like willing to be like, Oh yeah, I had a long run today. It was like two hours and I didn't take a single thing. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're killing your body. Like this is telling everything in your body. Hey, red flag, red flag. I'm being deprived. Um, women fasting before workouts is really harmful to their hormones. Like women were never intended to go, you know, to work out without fuel beforehand. So as where some men can do that and it doesn't hurt them as much women, it's really significant on our hormones. So there are a lot of things, you know, broadly speaking that women can be doing in order to support their hormones and their menstrual cycle. How about, um, because when we ran in college, uh, we ran at Colorado Christian University, mm-hmm. nice. uh, that's where we met. Uh, let's go Cougs. Let's go Cougs. Nice. And um, we, uh, every Monday we would do our long runs, at least when mm-hmm. we were there together. And we would do 16 to 18 mile runs. And yeah. we, we yeah. almost never had any liquids uh, along the run. And we definitely didn't have any sort of- <laughs> Definitely no nutrition. No nutrition. Yes. Um, yes. And, and at least- um, at the moment and in the moment, I didn't feel like, uh, the workout itself was impacted. I, I felt like mm-hmm. I was performing well, um, speak to how, how it could have, how it could have affected my training as a whole, even if I was yeah. able to execute the numbers that I felt like I was supposed to in that moment. Yeah. Um, Man. So for one, I think a lot of people get used to it. They're like, oh, I haven't had fuel before. So their body's like adapting. And it's like, hey, I think one of the most fun things is when people start fueling and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, this is how these runs could feel. And it like a light bulb goes off where it's like, oh, yeah, I could actually feel really good doing this. Um, But I will say recovery is going to be slower for a lot of people. Like you're going to bounce back way faster if you're fueling during your runs. Um, also like if you're not hydrating during that longer run, oh my gosh, your cognitive function is like going to start crashing. There's no way if you feel lightheaded or dizzy, like duh, like you aren't hydrated. And the thing is you're going to get dehydrated during that long of a run, especially without fluids, but electrolytes as well. Like you're losing so much sweat. Um, I remember training in Miami where I was like, I was drinking like 16 cups of water a day, but I wasn't taking electrolytes and I was chronically dehydrated. And it's like, mm, wow. I literally passed out in a race because I was dehydrated. And so it's like Ugh. understanding like, dude, you're going to feel so much better. If you start doing these things, recover better, you're going to run faster. Your times are going to be better substantially. Um, and so even in the moment you may be used to it and your body may be thinking, Oh, I've done this so many times before you start adding in these principles and your body's gonna, you're going to start seeing things you didn't realize were possible. And it's like, athletes that once thought, oh, this is like my peak are going to start realizing, oh man, there's still so much left in the tank. I still have so much more further to go without like ending their career sooner because that that's Ryan's story. Like he just kept running into walls and kept depriving himself and then ended a career at 33 when yeah. he could have probably kept going if he had, you know, fueled well. And he'll, he'll, he owns that. He talks about that a lot. Wow. Just like, He's like, yeah, I got too obsessed with the numbers and then I, I quit. Yeah. 
I, I feel like in however many recent years, uh, the the sports world has become more comfortable talking about uh, mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, because of things coming out in, in the news, uh, uh, coaches, uh, poorly leading their athletes nutritionally yeah. and so on and so forth. Um, specifically in the fertility realm is, is mm-hmm. this a conversation that's uncomfortable for women to dive into? There's some shame around it. Uh, speak to that. Yeah, I definitely think people are still trying to get more comfortable with that stuff. I mean, cause even when you get into the realm of under eating, you know, if it's eating disorders, a lot of that's associated, that's a mental health disorder. It's not just, you know, food, it's how they're coping with their mental health. And so I think it's getting there. I still think, you know, we're uncomfortable, even like the idea of talking about periods where that's a sign of like red ass and like a sign of under eating and poor nutrition and like could be a sign of an eating disorder. Um, And that stuff is still like uncomfortable for a lot of people. I think having conversations like this are like helping break the ice there. But I think we have a long ways to go as far as mental health goes. I think we're we're getting there and we're starting to break the surface a little bit. But um, I think we just have to keep talking about it. I think more people need to know like, hey, there are resources for this. And, um, you know, educating, I think one of the biggest things is educating coaches like, hey, where do you go? Who do you talk to? Like, who do you Mm -hmm. refer out? Because this isn't your role. To like counsel them, but it is your role to help provide them with the right person and tools. Was, and so that was actually going to be like my next question is how can yeah. two guys coaching a women's team or like a coaching over yeah. a women's team, how how can we like what is the best way that we can be active in helping that situation, but yeah. obviously not overstepping our bounds and kind of being like, yeah, yeah we we can point in the direction, like point in the direction, yeah. but we can't directly relate to you. What, what yeah. is some advice for, uh, guys like us and yeah. other coaches in the, in the world? Yeah. Have a network, man. Know people who can talk to that, bring people in too. I think that's one of the like best things. Like I, I even, I will talk to teams about like menstrual health and like, Hey girls, if you aren't having a period, this is a big deal. Like you need to mm-hmm. know, like, Hey, we need to talk about this. Cause a lot of them just don't even know, like they have no idea what's going on with their bodies. They think it's normal. They don't understand. They don't know what to do about it. They're ashamed to talk about it. They don't want to talk to it to me all about it. And so like providing them with safe people as well as resources and education, and then having a referral network that, you know, like, Hey, if I think I have a kid with an eating disorder, I'm going to make sure they're going to a counselor or a registered dietitian, someone who specializes in this, um, you know, and then, you know, so many other things like any sort of mental health disorder, or, like hypothalamic amenorrhea, like I have a network of people that I'm sending these these girls too, because I think, um, they need to feel safe and it also helps to have women supporting them as well. But one of the best things I think you can do is advocate for them and help educate them. Um, cause I I've told, told this to so many people, like women are not going to be the sole change in this. Like men have to jump alongside because there are more male coaches than female coaches. And so we have to have men supporting us and jumping mm-hmm. alongside with us as well. Yeah. That's sweet. Uh, what's, what's your business called? Just so that listeners and we can, we can post it as well. Thrive performance. Um, it's the, instead of FOR, it's in the the number four. So, um, thriveperformance.com. You can go there, talk all about hypothalamic amenorrhea, menstrual health, fertility, all the things people are afraid to talk about. Can you say it one more time? Thrive performance, but what was the change? Instead of FOR, it's the number four. So I'll, I'll, I can actually, I'll thrive for four minutes. Yeah, 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 love yeah, it, yeah. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Yeah. That's great. Perfect. Um, cool. As you know, uh, 
acknowledge the fact that we're we're men and we we try to do the best we could to ask the right questions in this realm. Yeah. Is is there anything that we're missing? Questions you're like, oh, this mm, yeah. would have been a good question for you to ask, but take us there since we yeah. might not know how um, to go there. <laughs> oh, that's a great question. Oh man. So other things, <laughs> I just think like again, I think just talking about like the female system, female anatomy, understanding the menstrual cycle, even things like talking and educating their girls about like female products, having things accessible for them, giving them resources there. I think just helping build awareness around that is so important. Um, and again, I don't think a lot of people are talking about, like I've had male coaches come up to me and like, how do I address this? I don't know. So again, just providing them with the resources around that stuff, the right people. Um, and again, making it less uncomfortable. So like, the more you can talk about it openly and just say like, Hey, this is a normal part of your anatomy. This is how your body's supposed to work. Um, and being comfortable with that. And also I think one thing too, that is starting to get a little more traction is just the talk around, um, like training in the menstrual cycle. And so I think one thing on the flip side of like hypothalamic amenorrhea, you may have athletes struggling with like really serious PMS symptoms and like girls who are really cramping hard, really heavy bleeding, experiencing like headaches, migraines, things like that. And that stuff is very real. And I think it's been very easy. Like I even remember, I don't remember, like in junior high, it was just like, girls would be like, oh yeah, you just run through it. And some girls literally can't, like, it's really bad. And so if there are girls struggling with like things like PCOS or endometriosis, like these things are topics that need to be addressed as well. And so even those girls being sensitive to that and understanding like, Hey, if they are experiencing these things, I need to adapt their training to that. And I need them to feel comfortable to say something, um, because those are very serious things and things like endometriosis, which is a very serious <laughs> disease, um, that affects the female reproductive system and is causes really severe PMS symptoms actually takes like eight to 10 years in the U S to be diagnosed. And so mm. that stuff is like, these girls are suffering for years and years and years and no one's listening. And so just being sensitive to that kind of thing of just being like, Hey, if they are experiencing like these really severe symptoms, we need to help guide them again to proper resources and people to help educate them and say like, Hey, maybe you should get this looked at. Like, let's talk about this. Like, or let's provide you with the right resources for that. Yeah. Um, so on the man, two questions that came to my head. Um, we'll start with the first one. Um, for the athletes that aren't in college, that may, that may be moms, that may be mm -hmm. um, single women in the dating world, whatever it is, just yeah. whoever you are, how does um, uh, birth control pile into this? Um, and how does like, how, how do, does that change anything that you do? Yeah. So oh, this is a very hot topic. Um, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's very Big controversial because man, I, if, I've been reading the book, the fifth vital sign, and it talks about this very in depth. And she is very adamant about her stance on birth control. Um, and I very strongly agree with her, but birth control has really serious side effects. And that is something whether, and this is something good for even high school and college athletes to be aware of, because they're often prescribed this for things like PCOS or really extreme PMS symptoms or like heavy bleeding. Um, a doctor will just say like, Hey, take that or even hypothalamic amenorrhea. And it does not actually treat any of those. It helped me help the symptoms, but it doesn't treat it. And for women struggling with things like hypothalamic amenorrhea, the birth control is actually shutting down your ovaries. So your, your hormones are being subdued and being shut down, which means you don't know if anything is actually working properly. And so if women are struggling with things like hypothalamic amenorrhea, they may have a bleed, 
but it's a false bleed and they be, be malnourishing themselves and putting themselves in a worse and worse spot, getting stress fractures, the whole gambit, um, you know, keeping them from getting pregnant. And it has really negative side effects as well as like it increases mental health disorders. And like, especially in ages 15 to 19, um, birth control is known to spike anxiety and depression. And so understand that birth control, yes, it's very good at shutting down (laughs) making babies, but Hmm. if it's used for other things, and even for that, like even for women who are trying to avoid pregnancy, it does come with other side effects. Um, and it can be really harmful to your health. And it can also make getting pregnant harder in the future because it takes your body time to like readjust to normal again, because you've been given synthetic hormones, um, for the past, however many years or months. And, um, that it takes on average about 18 months for a woman's reproductive cycle to get back on track after taking birth control, which is a long time. So if women are trying to get pregnant, get off of it as soon as possible. Um, and if you are like an athlete who has been taking it for other, you know, things, ask more questions, get other options and alternatives to know like, Hey, there are better resources for you out there besides just taking these synthetic hormones. Um, there are natural alternatives that can actually help in a much more effective way and a much safer way. Um, so yeah. Is there a difference between, um, synthetic stuff and, um, like an IUD? Does that change anything or no? So it depends if there is like an IUD, there is like a copper IUD, which does not have hormones. So we, we say like birth control, we're typically, most women are thinking of a hormonal contraceptive. Okay. Got it. So that's what most people, we call them HCs. So you know, an IUD, again, if it is a copper and doesn't have synthetic hormones, it's, you know, obviously maybe a little safer option, but there are other side effects with that as well. So it's just knowing your risks, um, and asking, asking questions again, I think that's something a lot of people don't, they, their doctor tells them get on this and they don't ever ask questions about it. And I think it's helpful to ask. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Joe, anything else here? I don't want to jump off it too quick. <laughs> I, I I love, I like for real, I, I'm incredibly uh, am impressed uh, just by your passion for it, but also your ar- articulation of it. Uh, and I, I just go, this this gal is incredibly sharp and, and she's doing really cool things, not just for women and the running world in general. And so, uh, I mean, we could probably camp out here and I'm sure you could for a while. I mean, like, uh, is there anything else you wanted us to go to in this realm before we probably yeah. take a sharp right-hand turn somewhere else? <laughs> no, that's great. I think it's great. You guys are asking these questions. I I'm thankful there are men out there asking these and not shying away from it. Cause again, yeah. I think that's a huge part to the change in this. So yeah. Yeah. yeah thanks for sure, like it. in my head thinking like, yeah, we're going to have you either talk to <laughs> all four of us, male coaches or us four. And then also our women's team or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, we're going to be, We'll be talking more specifically about this yeah, here in the very near future. I love it. Well, let's do this. Um, sharp, sharp left or right hand turn. Uh, obviously, you have like a deep passion uh, and and helping women understanding like nutrition. Oh, we okay? Yes, we're good. Cool. Um, obviously, deep passion uh, in in uh, educating women and people in general in the running world. But but tell us just something about the sport of running that makes you smile or that's just so fun to you. Mm. Uh, the people, the people make this sport so good. Like even we just came back, you know, to Little Rock and obviously the tornadoes came through. I was actually at a run store picking up 
a packet um, to race this weekend, this last weekend, and it got canceled. And then two hours, I know an hour later, the tornado came through and totally wiped out that store. But automatically within a day, they're already emailing people like, hey, we're going to get together on a run to help support this community, rebuild the store, taking donations. And I love that so much about the running community. It's just like, it's yeah. such a tight knit community. I even like with Run Free and working with Ryan, that, and honestly, like, I could go into a lot of details here, but like that community has been one of the safest and most comfortable communities as a woman and like feeling so at home and like with a family, with that group of people and feeling so respected with them. Um, and it's just a fun thing. Like you get with these people, like we're going to have camp this summer. And like, it's one of my, the things I'm most looking forward to, cause I'm like, it's going to be a blast and I'm going to be with great people who love this sport and want to be outdoors and love other people. And it's, it's just fun. It's a really fun, tight knit community. Yeah. That's awesome. Where's uh, if you don't mind, if you don't mind spilling the beans, where is uh camp going to be at? Is it going to be in, in flag? Yes, it is this okay. year. It is. Yeah. I'll have to make yeah. a note of like when that's going to be and go see all the fun yeah. people out there yeah, yeah. is is that a is that a run free training camp it is it is so oh. all of our athletes are welcome to join that i don't know i think they might have opened it to the public this year i don't know actually but it's super fun we've done it every year um i didn't go last year because i was very pregnant but um been involved with that and i it's so fun i look forward yeah. to it every year yeah. so in yeah. the past it's been primarily for people who are already yeah. uh members subscribing yeah, like, to yeah athletes you know runners that are being coached by run free coaches yeah awesome awesome yeah that's cool um we're about two minutes or three minutes from uh this zoom call ending but we can obviously just hop back on using the same link um where i want to go next is i want to hear um how bringing in your little one into the world has oh, changed yeah. your running life um <laughs> And the the pre, during, and post thing that's going on with that. Yeah, so because Ben yeah. can for sure relate to that. Um, yeah, I've got a got a four year old, and then oh, nice. my uh, wife is pregnant with our second. Is that the first nice. time the podcast has heard? That this? is the first time the podcast has heard <gasps> this. So I need to make sure that we announce it to people before <laughs> I release this, or That'd just find out if you need to edit that part of the, the episode before <laughs> you release it. So yeah, so yeah, I mean, I just as as Ben's friend, I've I've watched him have to navigate. Yeah. Uh, even, even doing a podcast tonight, uh, going, yeah. uh, yep. tonight, tonight was gonna, um, was in question as he was trying to be a good dad and, yep. and good husband. And so, so, so it's a rela it's a relevant question. So <laughs> take wild. us, take us to it for you. What's, yeah. uh, what is, what was the transition from no kid pregnant with kid, have a kid. Oh yeah. With your running. It's wild. It's wild. Yeah. No, before kid, it was great. I am a very like flexible runner. I had my treadmill set up. I was like loving life. Um, I will admit I'm like a weird runner where I do, unless I'm like training in Flagstaff or like, I have to get up and run early. I am not an early morning runner. It's like not my jam. So I'd usually run like, uh, honestly, unless I'm doing doubles, like in the afternoon, <laughs> I'm like, this is great. I'm going to run it like two. If I'm doing doubles, usually I'm up at like 10. Um, but yeah, like I was, running like anywhere from like 60 to hundred mile weeks before kid. And it was great, you know, doing strength training, all the, all the jazz. Um, then I was pregnant and I, so like I did slow down before getting pregnant mainly cause I had been struggling still with amenorrhea over many years and was just like, dude, I have to get on track of this. And so some of that was just cutting back mileage and really taking care of my health. Um, and then I was actually training for CIM in 2020, 21, 
I think 2021, um, when I found out I was pregnant and then ran like the first like five miles with a friend pacing her. And then I was like, peace out. I'm so tired. (laughs) Um, (laughs) that was like, no joke. The hardest part of pregnancy was the fatigue. I'm like, I could run a hundred miles a week and strength train, do all that jazz. And it was not as exhausting as growing a human. Um, (laughs) I was so tired. I was like, what happened? So I honestly did not run a ton while I was pregnant, mainly because it didn't feel very comfortable. So first like four to five months, I stayed pretty active and got, you know, runs in like maybe three to four days a week. But then from then on, it was like once or twice. And by the end, I was just like, no, this isn't worth it. Um, So so pregnancy was just wild. So different than what I expected. Um, It's pregnancy is so hard, like for the women who love it. I'm like, props to you. (laughs) I thought it was so hard. It was wild and so cool. And like growing a human was awesome, but it was so exhausting. I never wanted to eat, um, (laughs) like, which was so awful because I love to eat so much. Um, I I don't know where this, like, uh, I I feel when Tori got pregnant with our first, (laughs) she was very confused. She like was happy about it, but she was like, I just don't feel this like joy that other women in the in the christian realm seem oh, to man. share yeah. of like oh this is the greatest thing ever um <laughs> i'm so excited to pop this baby out all this stuff oh, and she's man. like i am terrified and i don't just like i don't know what these ladies are on and thankfully our mentors at the time um they were like we have to remember that pregnancy is a curse like according <laughs> to scripture it should hurt it is. I mean, it's a good thing in that we're bringing life into the world, but it is meant to be terrible. Like, so don't <laughs> feel bad that you don't like it because uh, that should be the normal thing. Yeah. Uh, um, you said that the labor side of pregnancy is the curse. The whole, the whole the entire thing. thing. I need to go back to scripture and, and reread that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like pregnancy was actually worse than labor, if I'm being honest. Like, it's just that's much longer. Been further and proof. I felt. Honestly, I just felt like I was sick for nine months. That's kind of what it feels like. It's, um, you know, it's really cool. I will admit, like, I'm a nerd Mm -hmm. and I geek out about the body. So, like, understanding what's going on is, like, really amazing. You feel your baby kick and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is wild. Um, But it is rough. And a lot of people don't talk about that. And that's, that's where I was, so I, I helped, Uh, I, I always try to get toward, it'll be like, Hey, I need to know actually how you're doing. And when people ask you, it's okay to tell them that you don't feel good or that like, this sucks. Uh, Like, don't get me wrong. I love this thing that's in my stomach, this little alien that's in me, but this whole process is terrible. Um, (laughs) So I I appreciate your honesty that it was like uh, not the greatest thing in the world. Yes. Um, Yes. Because sometimes I feel like people lie to themselves. Oh, yeah. And there are probably people who absolutely enjoy it. Love it. There are. There Um, are women who love it. And I'm like, totally, totally great for you. That's not me. (laughs) You're a psycho, but I, whatever. (laughs) Um, It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So so you, you have your daughter. Uh, and you, and then, uh, at some point you get back into the groove of trying to run again, but kind of starting from square one, I would guess, uh, relate to the full spectrum of runners. Uh, cause I think about friends of ours that say, you know, I've tried to get into running. I want to be a runner, but it's just so hard. And I, I always say to them, like, it's hard for me. I was a collegiate runner and when I don't run for a few months, it the first two, three, four weeks re- are rough. Yeah, like for, back in a run. Um, I remember my last workout 
was 200s on the track in Portland. Um, and I remember I was like 12 or 13 weeks pregnant. I, they felt awful. I was so exhausted. I was like, this is so hard. <laughs> I was like, I've never, yeah, it was just wild. And then flash forward this February is when I actually started like really training again, got back with Ryan. So it has almost been a full year. Like I really took off from like any sort of structured training. Um, I probably like started getting back into running like around four months, three or four months postpartum, very slow, like two days a week, seeing how it felt. Um, but I think one of the best pieces of advice was given to me was to take it slow. And also just like, you do you like, don't compare yourself to anyone else. I think it's so easy with social media to be like, oh my gosh, these women are doing this stuff that like, like I remember seeing one lady three weeks, she was already running 30 miles. And I was like, oh my gosh, for one, I have some feelings about that from a health professional side that I'm like, I don't agree with. But on the flip side of that, also like your body has just been through so much and it's so hard and coming back and like getting into running, like that's just not the norm. Like very few women are doing that. And most women who are doing that shouldn't be doing that. Um, and I think it's so easy to get caught up in that. Like I even stopped following certain people that were making me just like feel anxious or just like crappy about my, where I was in the process. Cause I'm like, no, I just had a baby. Like, this is huge. It takes a full year for your body to recover from pregnancy. Um, and a lot of people don't focus on that. We talk about six weeks and that's just bull. It's just not accurate information. And, you know, so like taking your time in the process and don't compare yourself to someone else. So even if you're new to running and you're not a mom or, you know, whatever, like it's your own journey. So like start where you can, like so many people I've worked with, like start with a walk run, you know, like don't put the pressure on yourself to like, just jump into it full fledged and like expect yourself to show up this way. Like even where I'm at right now, I'm like, it's so easy to compare times to where I was, but I just have to remember, I'm like, this is totally new. Like I'm in a totally different space. I'm running way less mileage than I was two years ago. And my body is different than it was two years ago. Um, and I think just being okay with where you're at and taking your time to get there is the best way to do it. Um, and not force yourself into someone else's shoes. Um, but just being meeting yourself where you're at and being really gracious with the process. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. That's a great, I love that answer. <laughs> ah, that was spot on just in reading stuff on, on your bio, on the run free website, uh, just seeing that you have some sort of love for Jesus. Yeah, um, and, and not all of our guests uh, are followers of Jesus, and and they don't have to be. We're stoked to hang out with yeah. uh, with people and do brunch with them, regardless of where they come from. Uh, but at least for me, my my running life uh, is so impacted by my walk with the Lord, yeah. and I know Ben's is as well. Ha, uh, and tell us about how how your walk with Jesus has uh, woven its way through the highs and lows of your running life. Oh man. I could get into this. Yeah. Like I alluded to, I talked about my mental health stuff earlier. Um, you know, I struggled with mental health, illness, eating disorder, and, you know, overdose. And it was for me, running has been very much a healing process of that. And my faith has been largely incorporated into that and just understanding, um, my worth and who I am in Christ. And like running has been a really great way for me to express that. Like I have a tattoo on my arm that says worthy of love. And it's just that affirmation of like, Hey, my faith, like Jesus died for me. And he said, I'm worthy. So, um, but like going into that, like the story I always think of is when I was running grandma's in 2019 to qualify for the Olympic trials, uh, I had a great race was made it to like mile 21 hit a hill was totally just, I don't, I had been struggling with like sciatica during that buildup 
and it had gotten really bad. And at that point in the race, my leg like totally went limp because my whole leg was numb. Wow. So I collapsed and I, I guess it was like mile 24 when I collapsed, but my husband was actually biking by. He's like, Joe, you just have to run 12 more minutes, 12 more minutes. And in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, I've gone through so much hell and back to get to where I was at that point. And I just remember thinking like, Lord, you've brought me from so many other things that I can run for 12 more minutes and finish and get this OTQ. I'm going to be fine. It's great. And I got up, I finished, collapsed at the finish line, got my OTQ. And I saw my husband and I turned to him, hobbling over, hugged him and whispered in his ear. And it's like, we did it. We did it. And at that moment, it was just this like feeling and just assurance, like just like God reminding me like, you almost gave up on this life, you know, two or three years ago. And if you had done that, you wouldn't be standing here today doing this really cool feat. And you didn't do it alone. You did it with all these people. Like I said, we did it because like without my husband, I would not have finished that race without the support of so many people. I would not have been standing there. And so much of that was due to my community of faith, you know, like my belief, fellow believers supporting me and reminding me who I was in Christ. And like, that is like, I will always remember that race, not because I got an OTQ, but just because I finished. And I, I just remember thinking, I'm like, man, I could have like lost all of this. And like, it's the people that were with me in that journey that got me to that point. And I'm so, so thankful. Like God had those people in my life and like people reminding me that I had worth and value. And like, it was cool, you know? So it's played a huge role in my life. And, um, in my running journey as well, I think God has just shown the love of Christ through so many people I've been surrounded by in that community. Awesome. So thank you. Should another sharp right hand turn. Yeah, we're going to hard right hand turn. Let's go. Okay. So we do, uh, we do this section uh, called repeats on our podcast where we ask back to back to back to back to back questions. Imagine like those 12 by 200 that you were doing right before. Okay, great. Tell us a hidden gem about Little Rock running community. Oh man. That's a great question and hard because I'm so new. Um, I love the two rivers trail. That's probably my favorite just because it's so long and it's relatively, well, it's the only flat place you can find here. <laughs> hey, Parts love, it. love it. Perfect yeah. answer. Uh, what is your biggest hot take of the running world? Oh man. Okay. My hot take on something is I think Nike is seriously overrated. Um, and I'm lived in Portland for three years. So that's just my personal preference. Their racing shoes are not, that is on points. The other gear, I think it's, pretty overrated i can get behind that okay. i can get behind that okay great answer yeah i think i think you'll survive that answer i okay, think your good. career and your your life in the running world the preface about the super shoes made made that <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah, i mean sure. let's be real they have the best also yeah i i race in them so i'm not going to complain mm-hmm. but <laughs> so you you've you've lived in or trained in uh a, a lot of running towns mm-hmm. uh if you had to pick one that you uh, that you could move to where you were, the community, the the climate, the whatever, where would it be um, and why? 100% Flagstaff, love it. Yeah. Um, mainly the community, just because I know a lot of people there have some good friends that are out there, but also like I personally love the high altitude climate to train in. Um, living in Portland and Miami where it's super humid is not my jam. <laughs> it is mm. not. So yeah. I like that dry climate and I think it's really fun to train in. Uh, next repeat. Does your husband run? He does not competitively, but he okay. does enjoy to run. Yes. Okay. Love it. Do you guys go on little running dates together? We do. We'll do all three of us. We'll push our baby in the stroller. It's so fun. Amazing. That's awesome. so Amazing. Fun. Well, that segues to our, our next repeat of 
how how do you intend on parenting your daughter into the running world or not even mm-hmm. touching it at all? Mm. Yeah. I mean, obviously she's going to be influenced just because she'll be at races. Like I'm racing my marathon this November and she will be there. She's going to see it. So, however, I do not want to force it on her. I'm all, as long as she is willing to be active, I'm happy. Like I have a feeling she will be. So I'm not too worried about that. Uh, What uh, marathon are you doing this fall? I am doing Philly. Yeah. Ooh, interesting choice. I know. What do you know about Philly that makes that absolutely nothing? That's why it's such (laughs) an interesting choice. So that's actually Uh, where I ran my first marathon and I got my BQ. And okay, I like the course. It's fun. It's good weather. Not a highly elite competitive field. So that might might be hard, but um, there should be some men at least. So, and it was like plenty of time out postpartum where I was like, I'm not putting the pressure on to like run grandmas or do something else like that. So interesting. I, and now I want to look into the Philly marathon. I'm from the Northeast. And so, um, I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of race that's like. Um, It's a great atmosphere. It's a really fun atmosphere. Yeah. Okay. Next repeat, uh, whether it's on some sort of belt you're wearing mid race or at the aid station tables, Mm. what, what is your fuel mid race? Ooh. Ooh. So I have played around with a lot of different fuels. Um, scratch is probably my favorite what like electrolyte drink. Um, love the taste. Are you like the, done... the superfood, the superfood, like the really dense that calories? Actually, so I that did not exist the last time I braced. Yeah. So I have not experimented with that. Um, I have done the the Morton three three twenty before. That one is mm-hmm. good. I like Morton as well. Morton's usually my gel go-to choice. Um, so that's flavorless, right? Yeah. That's what yeah, gets me. Great. Ah. But then it's like jello. It's like so easy to get down. I Ugh. cannot hit goo. <laughs> Anything thick and sticky is just like yeah. disgusting to me. I'm always bothered by goo because after I pull it out, I feel like I've got these miniature cuts on the side of my mm. lips. No joke. I was in the Olympic trials. I think I had honey stinger and I was taking one and it pulled out my bottom retainer. <laughs> <laughs> you just ran the rest of the race without your bottom retainer? Yep. Well, it's like poking me in the mouth. Okay. Oh, no. Yep. No, yep. thank you. Yeah. So Ugh. a little scarred by the stickiness. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not an, I'm not a nat, like a, an artificial person when it comes to fuel. Yeah. Very much like With, a spring mirror. Yeah. 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 Um, just because it's not sticky. Yeah. yeah Following up on the nice, nutrition question, uh, are you a... When you're racing, is it put it in your pocket or is it throw it in the trash or is it throw it on the ground? Oh, throw it on the ground all the way. When you're running that fast? Oh my gosh. I guess, I guess you are like, like a, the elite field. He's going for the OTQ, man. You're I'm like just... at a six minute mile pace or under. You're like, uh-uh, you forget about it. I think I'm just a little salty. I went on a run uh, <laughs> yesterday down the, the, the last three miles of the Bentonville half marathon course. And I picked up 30 pieces of, oh man, of discarded nutrition on our greenway. That is a, that is a bummer. And what's really annoying is that they were maybe twenty yards from a trash can <laughs> the entire because there's like dog baggy garbage yes, things, there's trash cans yes. by a bench, and I'm like, you couldn't have held onto this <laughs> another twenty steps or eaten it twenty steps sooner. No, so I was I was oh, pretty funny. You should come up and run the Bentonville half next year. It's pretty really hilly, fun. right? Just the end. Just the end. Okay. Yeah. The okay, last, we'll the last like three miles is a slight incline, but then like the last mile, mile is like a. They're at Crystal Bridges. <laughs> yeah. You, oh, you like nice. run up A yep. Street uh, to the Compton Garden. So yeah. nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Next repeat. You get to go on a long run. 
mm-hmm. with any runner, mm. whether they are a high profile runner or not. Past, mm. present, or future. Past, present, or future. Who do you pick and what? Uh, where do you hope the conversation to go? Mm. Honestly, I'd probably say Sarah Hall, just because she's legit. I've got to run yeah. with her a couple of times. She's a great conversationalist. I also love their girls. So I love oh. picking her brain about motherhood and like that transition and uh, how that's like correlated to her life as an athlete. So something around motherhood and running and um, like how she feel, feels like God has like worked in her life through that. So, mm. yeah. Love it. Good answer. Great yeah. answer. When she runs her easy days, do her hands also <laughs> run like this? <laughs> Not as much, not as much, okay. uh, but yes, they, they relax a little bit. I always, that always gives me a good chuckle whenever I see a race. And I'm like, ah, you're the hands. Relax oh, the hands. Uh, how do you define mental toughness and how would you encourage another runner to grow in theirs? Yes. Um, okay. So I'm probably, I'm very much on the gray side of this one where, um, I think a lot of people are just like, push through, push through, push through That's mental toughness. And I think a lot of mental toughness is knowing your limits and knowing when it's okay to say, Hey, I'm actually done. And this is not helpful to me. Um, so I think it's knowing when it's okay to push and when you need to keep going and stay tough and like, Hey, you're okay. You're going to be fine. And then also recognizing like, Hey, I'm a human with limitations and, it is okay to say no right now. And I don't have to kill myself in order to make this happen. Um, and I think that is like the humbling part of it, of just understanding, like, I am a human. And <laughs> sometimes the best thing for me is to say I can back off. I have no others. You have no others? Have no what others. about our classic of Joe? Do you know pal- about Bluey? <laughs> Ooh, that is, that's another one of our classics. Do you know say the show again. Bluey? I know the show Bluey. I have not watched Bluey. Okay. You, uh, but well, I've she's heard got a couple great years. Things. She's got a few years before her yeah. daughter uh, is true. Is gonna is gonna need yes. it. But honestly, it's a you show could that you start and your it husband now. Husband could enjoy. You good could things. watch uh, watch the episode Baby Race and watch the episode um, Sleepy Time. Uh, I'm trying to get her hooked on the mom ones, like the like the mom specific ones sure. that Tori always <laughs> cries whenever we watch it. Oh, that's um, I don't even have kids, Joe. I just have a lot of friends who have kids, I and love so. It. I the show is phenomenal and it's, it's probably great. more so catered to adults than oh, it is kids. So if it means anything, awesome. I have a character on my arm. I um, love it. I love so it. So it's it's that it's that good. It's that good. good. It's tattoo worthy. Yeah, it's <laughs> that, but that that is that is my that is my last your last one. Joe, what an absolute blast. Yes, Thanks this for having is incredible. Me. What an absolute blast. For our listeners at home, where can they find you? Where can they yeah. find all your stuff? You can go to my website, www.thriveperformance.com. Um, I'm sure you guys can put that in the notes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, lots of information there. You can also find me on Instagram at Joe Thrives. So I talk about all of that stuff, constantly advocating for that kind of stuff, talking about that. Um, if you don't want to hear about periods, though, don't follow me. So there is a lot of period content. I do follow there you. Is. And I was like, but I but I find it as good information. So, yeah, yeah. 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 Awesome. So, yeah. Yes. It's incredible. Yes. Amazing. Love it. Love it. Joe, thanks awesome. so much for your time. This has been incredible. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Nice to meet you. Got guys. it. Yeah. Nice to meet you as well. Yeah. See Take you. care. Yep. <laughs>